Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation. You may have heard of our artist of the day. Rihanna. Steve, you ever heard of her? I have. I, I watched her during oh, the I Super Bowl. Oh, I know this one. You're going to know more Rihanna than you think you do. Although maybe not because you just watched her in the Super Bowl and you said you knew two songs. Maybe I know this from the Super Bowl. <laughs> Ready to do, uh, do our yes, let's get weekly to our, segment? Let's get to our weekly SOS house call. Uh, Dr. Brad Raphael joining us uh, here on the show. Uh, doctor, uh, always great to talk to you. How are you? How was your weekend? It was good. It was good, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. Uh, so we were just talking off air about the the All Star NBA All Star game. Did, did you watch any of that last night? You know, I saw a little bit of it. It was um, a lot of offense, not a lot of defense. Yeah. Um, yes. No. Was, no defense. Was, yes. I, yes. Exactly. That's. <laughs> I was trying to be polite, but yes, there was no defense. <laughs> yes. It was, it was hard to watch. Uh, so the the two captains both are are dealing with injuries. We saw LeBron leave the game early last night uh, with what they're calling a right hand contusion, which I assume is just a, a bruise. I guess he he hit it on the rim while he was trying to block a shot. Um, is that something that would sideline him? I mean, obviously he left it because it's an all-star game and it doesn't matter. I would assume that he would have tried to play through it if the game was important. Um, what? Take us through what a what a you know what a right hand contusion would mean. Could he miss time with it, or is it just a, a pain tolerance thing? So that, I mean, that's a it's a great question, and a lot depends on you know just how much of 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 damage was done. Um, you know, it's difficult to tell just from from you know watching the game or any kind of replays. I would imagine if they didn't do one yesterday, they probably will get an X ray today. That's pretty standard. Um, you know, we see this a lot. You know, I don't have this problem, but for better athletes than myself when they're playing basketball, you know, the rim is is hard, and uh, you know, a lot of times we. See see it if if someone's going in for a jam um and they hit it on the rim they hit it on the backboard it can do some damage it's it's the same as if you're falling on your hand on the floor because it's a pretty hard object so you know we've seen actually um uh even at su or in our practice where you can actually get a contusion and sometimes a, a fracture meaning you actually can break one of the bones in the hand from hitting the backboard or the rim so a lot of the prognosis and the the time frame will depend on um, if there's any bony problems. Having said that, even a bad contusion, you know, that can take, you know, a couple weeks to sometimes get better, I mean, especially if you look at a guy like LeBron who's not, he's not 16, 17, 18 years old anymore, you know, may take a little bit more time for him to, to heal that, that contusion. All right, so uh, the uh, the leader of Team LeBron left early. The the team yeah. the the leader of Team uh, Giannis left very early. We knew going into the game that he was dealing with a wrist injury. He only played a few seconds. Obviously, you know he wanted to be a part of the game, but they, they don't want to risk anything with him. Um, you know, and it, uh, apparently he's going to see a specialist on this wrist. So take us through with a sprained wrist. How, how long you could potentially be out of action? Is there rehab that you could do with that, or is that just a, a sit and wait for that thing to heal? So, um, you know, that's a tricky question because, you know, I would imagine he's been, he dealt with this for, I think he hurt this last week, I yes, think. Correct. So I would imagine that 
you know, obviously I, I haven't treated him, but I would imagine for a guy like that, you're going to get a lot of imaging prior to the All-Star game. I would hope that, you know, this was not a re-injury, but if it was any concern going to the All-Star game, he probably would not have played in it. So I think that they've probably done most of the imaging beforehand. Now that would mean, you know, again, start off with an X-ray. A lot of these NBA arenas, including the Dome, we have X-ray facility right there on site. So that's a pretty easy thing to do, make sure there's no broken bones. But then, you know, your next step would probably be to get an MRI. And that's looking at, is there any kind of bone contusion, bone swelling, bone inflammation that you would see on an MRI versus an x-ray. And then the soft tissue, you know, the, the, the joint, the wrist has so many tendons and ligaments and even bones in it for such a small space that there's a lot of opportunity for injury there. So, you know, an MRI would show if there's any structural damage. A lot of times we see a quote wrist sprain would be really the, the, the water balloon that holds the, the, the joint in place can get inflamed. That's usually what a, a wrist sprain would be. Now, having said that he could have some structural damage, either cartilage or ligament damage that they would have seen on an MRI. I'd like to think that if there was any of that damage, they would have figured that out before allowing him to play in that all-star game yesterday. And so the opinion in New York um, would probably be just kind of look at the MRI again, see if there's any, anything that needs to be treated other than just rest. If, it's that, if that's just the, the treatment, you know, it's anti-inflammatories, rest, physical therapy. But, again, something like that can be, you know, a few weeks because, you know, it's tough to immobilize your wrist, you know, when you, for a basketball player. So it's something that's going to just continuously – get irritated while he's playing, dribbling, shooting, all that stuff. All right, let's uh, switch gears, talk about another sport from over the weekend. We don't talk a lot of NASCAR on the show, but uh, we saw the Daytona 500 uh, yesterday. Um, obviously, drivers are at risk for for injuries with crashes and whatnot. Are there other injuries that you see with with NASCAR drivers in particular, aside from crashes, just you know, being in the car and, and what they have to go through you know, over the course of an entire race? Are there common injuries with, with race car drivers? So, you know, that it's really interesting because, you know, the injuries that people are aware of, you know, NASCAR injuries are car crash injuries. I mean, and it's not just a car crash. I mean, this is, I mean, you read, open up the paper, you're, you're reading about massive car crashes that, you know, every day, you know, just with, with day-to-day people. So you've put that, uh, these cars are going, you know, hundreds of miles per hour and a crash like that, I mean, as, as a physician, it is beyond sports medicine when you get into one of those car crashes because those guys, you're dealing with burns, you're dealing with head injuries, neck injuries, concussions, you know, typical car crash injuries. So that is beyond any kind of sports medicine, things that frightens, quite frankly, any type of sports medicine physician. Having said that, what we do see is a couple things. One is, you know, there's quite a high high level of dehydration in, in race car drivers. Um, they're, they're in these heavy suits with helmets, and a lot of times uh, there's a lot of heat. You can get dehydration, which is something we got to worry about. The other thing is, is you, if you don't realize, these, these drivers are holding on to this um, you know, the steering wheel for hours and hours at a time, really, really tight grip. So what we do see sometimes is, is what's called um, compartment syndrome, which from gripping for so long, you get muscle fatigue and pain in those in the forearm muscles, and that could lead to actually some we call it 
uh, exertional compartment syndrome. Very rare, but you see that in NASCAR drivers or motorbike uh, racers where you're gripping something for a long period of time and your body's not used to that, and that could create some sort of muscle injury to the uh, the forearms from, from holding on for so long. But those would be the, you know, you're not, you can get, knee injuries, getting in and out of the car, things like that. But for the most part, the typical sports medicine injuries are pretty, pretty um, minimal. It's, it's these kind of re- really just unique to uh, NASCAR with that, the forearm pain. All right. I, I do want to ask you about golf. Uh, I do watch a lot of golf and, and, uh, you know, Tiger made his return to a, a non-major event uh, over the weekend. And, and actually I, he, he played pretty well. I, I don't think uh, everyone expected him to, to certainly make the cut, which he did. He, you know, he's four under par in, in his round on Saturday, did some really good things out there, but obviously he's dealing with, uh, with that leg pain still from the, the bad car accident that he got in. Based on what you know about him, is this something that he's just never going to get better from and that he's just going to be dealing with for the rest of his life and rest of his golf career? Or or do you think that that, that leg can continue to get better and get stronger and that you know maybe he'll uh, his form will improve? Well, well, if there's one thing I've learned over the last 20 years is never bet against Tiger. I mean, if there's anyone who can come back, it, it is Tiger. And I remember, you know, talking about this um, um a couple of years ago when he was in that, that car accident. And quite frankly, I was surprised if he could ever walk again. Um, there was discussion. I knew some of the doctors that were treating him in, in California, and there was concern that he was going to lose his leg just based on the, the extent of the injury, the soft, not only the bone, but the soft tissue to, to, um, you know, that protects the bone, major, major injuries. So it was, can he save his leg then? And can he walk playing golf was, was not even on the radar back then, but, you know, certainly, you look at Tiger Woods after back surgery, after knee surgery, after leg surgery, he finds a way to get back. The problem is, is Tiger's not 20 years old anymore. And with, with regardless of whether he has his leg injury, it's amazing for a guy in his mid to late 40s to do what he's doing in golf because you look at the leaderboard, no one that age is, is, is up there. The, the guys are half his age that are leading, which makes it even more impressive. So no, I think looking at him and knowing kind of the extent of the injuries that he's had. I don't see him necessarily, quote, improving more than this as far as he'll always have a limp. You know, it's it's been a year and a half. Could he get more strength? Sure. Could he figure out a way to more accommodate that discomfort in the limp? Sure. But at this point, you know, I, I think we're seeing the best that we're going to get out of Tiger, um, which which I think we're, we're all lucky to have to see him just even at this level, is pretty amazing. Um, but those injuries are devastating. So I just don't see how he can get much more improvement from this because, um, you know, it's I just it's a miracle that he's playing at all. I, I uh, started checking out the, the Netflix documentary series on, on the PGA Tour last week, Full Swing, and, and one of the things that stood out to me was was how much these guys train off the golf course like you think of them hitting balls on the range and I get that and, and practice and putting and, and all the hours they spend on the course but the the workout regimens that their trainers put them through off the course to get them ready to play I was I was blown away by it and with Tiger in particular we talk about how he's dealing with all this this pain and discomfort and the limp on the right side of his body 
I, I heard a doctor talking about it, or maybe it, was, it, it might have been a trainer, talking about the concern with Tiger might be the left side moving forward because he may try to overcompensate and he may develop injuries on the left side of his body and his core and his hip and his knee and, and so on and so forth. How big of a concern is that for him that you know if there's a problem on the right side of his body, his left side may try to overcompensate, so he's got to be that much stronger to be able to overcome that? Oh, 100%. I mean, that's the biggest concern, and especially in a, you know, um, an athlete in their 40s who not only had this leg injury, but I would be concerned not only on the left side, um, but his back, because here's a guy who, who has arthritis in his back already and has had, I think, two, if not three surgeries on his back already. Um, it's that, that uneven gait, we call it, you know, that, 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 that gait and balance where he's limping. You have to worry about your hips, but if you think about it, even more than his other side is his back. And um, I, I believe, I didn't see this, but I heard he was rubbing some cream on his back. He's got patches on his back. I'm sure he's taking um, different anti-inflammatories and pain medication. But, um, you know, that's to me would be what's critical is his back, which, which just highlights the importance for core strengthening, for hip strengthening, for, you know, abdominal strengthening. Um, I mean, if you, you talk about what the current golf, what the average golfer does now compared to what the average golfer looked like before Tiger Woods came on the scene in the, you know, the late nineties, I mean, he is the reason that he revolutionized the, you know, the whole taking care of your body and, and, you know, physical therapy, athletic training, muscle, just, Look into the look in uh, the the, uh, the the local golf shop and the fit of golf shirts now compared to the golf shirts you know twenty yeah, years ago. Right. It's made for thin, muscular guys because or, or people, uh, you know, men and women. Because you got to if you want to hit the ball three hundred yards, you need to be in top physical condition. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt. And I was surprised. I mean, he he played in the late group Thursday and then the early group Friday, and I thought that that was going to be a really tough turnaround for him. But he uh, he had. I mean, he he played pretty well. He exceeded, he exceeded my expectations anyway this weekend. I, I thought he I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, Doctor, yeah. thanks so much for coming on. As always, very informative stuff. Uh, enjoy your week, and we'll uh, we'll do the SOS house call again next Monday. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great day. All right, you as well. Uh, Dr. Brad Raphael joining us from SOS. With that, we'll hit a timeout. Phone lines back open if you want to check in. We've got Wes Durham coming your way at 1 o'clock. Back after this on ESPN.